Welcome to America's Top Rebbitzins. May this class be for Rafu Shalema, for Eliezer Raphael Leib Ben Amuna, Igor Ben Rima, and also for Angelica Batluba. Please click the subscribe button to subscribe to us on the America's Top Rebbitzins YouTube page, or click follow to follow us on your podcasting app so that you are the first to know when an inspiring new episode is posted. I'm so happy to have on today's show, Rebbitzin Devorah Buxbaum. Rebbitzin Devorah is a passionate and dynamic educator who speaks to audiences of all ages and backgrounds. She is the co-founder of The Lev Experience, where she teaches weekly Torah classes, leads challah baking sessions, and directs many other programs attracting women and teens from all Jewish backgrounds. Thank you so much for being here. Please tell us more about yourself and what you do. Hi, Vera. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. It is such a pleasure. It's always fun to listen to somebody else read my bio. So thank you. Um, So yes, I live in the greater Washington area. And my husband and I, uh, about a year before the pandemic, we started an organization called the Lev Experience. We were running a Shatora of greater Washington for eight years. And um, then we moved on from that and it kind of morphed into a new organization. It's called Lev Uh, which stands for learn, engage, and value. And so we try to really ignite the spark in Jews, really all Jews from all backgrounds, um, to really show them this precious gift of Judaism that we have and how much relevancy and practical wisdom and meaning Judaism has in their lives. We find that as more and more people Um, sometimes like they drift away a little bit from the synagogue model. And then they feel that maybe if they're not belonging to a synagogue, maybe their, their Judaism kind of drifts away with it. And we feel, I mean, it's a beautiful thing. And for people to, you know, be a part of a synagogue. And also if they're not, they can still take ownership of their Judaism and really make it a big part of their lives. So we're here and uh, day in, day out, just building relationships with the most incredible people. Um, it is a gift for me because I feel that it really keeps my own Judaism alive. It keeps a fresh pair of eyes on this beautiful religion that we have. And um, I just feel tremendously blessed to be able to do this work. It's so beautiful. It really is so beautiful what you do, because like exactly as you said, some people, you know, and maybe not so attached to the synagogue model or because of the pandemic, maybe before the pandemic, they were going to synagogue and now kind of afterwards, not so much. So Lev Experience really provides them with another avenue to connect with their Judaism. I think it's so, so special what you do. Yeah, thank you. And I just want to also say that it's not that's just that was kind of the impetus to us starting our organization was this feel of this, you know, overall feeling. But The truth is that many, many people who pass through our programming and classes do belong to synagogues. And it's just a way to like, just engage on a deeper, deeper level. And sometimes we do things, you know, people can be very invested in their synagogues and not even realize why we're doing things or even stop to give any sort of like, you know, mindfulness to things. And so even just bringing in a little bit of fresh perspective and infusing it with more meaning in their daily lives for everyone is so helpful. It is. It's really, really special that you provide that. Really, really nice. Thank so, you. You're welcome. Um, and so today I'm excited because we're going to talk about a, trans- a transformative topic. It's really, really a topic that, that could be a life changer. It's the power of our thoughts. And our research has shown that human beings have over 6,000 thoughts each day. That's, that's mind boggling to me. We have over 6,000 thoughts per day. And some of them are really just mundane thoughts like, what am I going to make for dinner? What, you know, what shoes am I going to wear? Just really meant mundane thoughts. And there are other thoughts that get you really excited, like uh, thinking about an upcoming vacation. 
And then there are those thoughts that creep in, those negative thoughts, you know, the worrying about our kids, the rehashing the argument we had with our spouse, financial worries, and just other thoughts, which can bring us into a negative state and really bring us down if we really, if we really focus too much on them. So today we are going to learn how to change our perspective and quite often our reality by controlling our thoughts. So I was wondering if you can please share with us some insights about our thoughts, the way we think, and the power we have to transform our circumstances just by changing the way we think. Beautifully said. Thank you. Um, So this is a topic that I feel quite passionately about. It's actually something I will say like in the more recent years, I became super passionate about it. I look, I look to um, the time. Thank God, I have six children. My old, our oldest is uh, almost sixteen, and I think back to like my child raising years, like when my all my littles were really little, you know. And I think about how my brain operated then, and I don't necessarily think that I, I thought the same way. I see dramatic shifts within the way that I have thought over the last several years. And I will say that over the last three years, really since the pandemic, I will say that whatever I was working on in terms of my thoughts and understanding the power of our thoughts is now on steroids (laughs) because the pandemic really created that shift. And I'll tell you about that. Um, So, you know, it's it's fascinating to note exactly like you said, like it, an average human, over 6,000 thoughts a day. And if you think about it, really everything that we're doing, every single aspect of our day from the second that we wake up is starting with this perspective of our thoughts. And I think that step number one is even like to recognize like, do I, am I even aware that I have these thoughts? Am I even acknowledging that these are thoughts that are kind of passing through my head? I think that many of us don't even realize like, oh, there goes that thought again. There goes that thought again. So I think just having a certain awareness that so many aspects, I believe every aspect of our day is actually controlled by our thoughts. And I think that our thoughts, what, what I can, I really feel so strongly and I've seen it in my own life that our thoughts can actually create certain realities. They create um, certain narratives in our head. They create our energy. They create the way that we respond to things. Everything starts with thoughts. Um, You know, that's not even to be said, we'll, we'll maybe get into that in a little bit, but just in terms of like when we're headed towards a goal, you know, just in terms of understanding, like, you know, we, we say, like when Hashem created the world, it was in the end, it was this beautiful creation, but like it started with that initial first thought. So everything stems from our thoughts. So in the beginning of the pandemic, um, I was speaking to many mothers of teenage girls that I work with. I was running uh, a bat mitzvah program and I absolutely adore these girls that I work with. They are so full of love and energy and life. And I learned so much from them. And I was genuinely reaching out to the mothers and checking in and seeing how they're doing. And I was just hearing phone call after phone call after phone call. I would get off with a certain heaviness of just, our girls are really struggling. Um, Our girls are, are really struggling with anxiety, depression, Uh, lack of motivation, a lot of fear creeping up. And I was thinking to myself, I can't, it was at a time that I really couldn't see these girls in person. Getting them on a Zoom was a stretch. My bat mitzvah programming came to a halt because the, the, 
programming was so impactful in person. And I was trying to figure out how am I going to respond to these girls in a meaningful way by showing them that they can control their circumstances. They can take action. A lot of it actually stemming from the elements of thought. And um, thank God I was able to create a program through the love experience, but it's called Metamorphosis, where the girls soar from me to more. And we focused on the categories of being more brave, more positive, and more kind. And we created these beautiful, magical boxes that were delivered to their houses. They had beautiful swag and elements that they were going to invest in challenges over the course of 90 days. And the growth that happened with these girls was incredible. And I have to say, honestly, the person that grew the most from all of this was me, was me. It changed me as a person and it changed me as a parent. It changed me as a wife. It changed me as a a Bat Yisrael, as a daughter of Hashem. And I think that understanding that, and especially at that moment where COVID hit and there were so many unknowns and it was scary. And we're like, I'm like suddenly like, when did I have to become the adult that I have to be like the rock pillar of strength over here? I realized that if I wasn't going to control my thoughts and how I was going to think about things, it was going to be a very long road. So I'm grateful for that program and I'm grateful for what it taught me. And ultimately, even within the categories of positivity, you know, uh, bravery and kindness, it all stemmed from where our thoughts are at. So that was very, very uh, powerful for me to notice, like if I can start noticing where my thoughts were. So uh, being able to really run that program for the girls really created major shifts in my head. And I started noticing even things like fear that was creeping into my, my life, you know, it was stemming from certain thoughts that were, that were triggering. And so I had to, what I call rewire, I had to rewire my thoughts and really try to, if I I kept saying that if we have the same power to go down that path where like I can create a negative narrative, then I also have the same power to create a positive narrative for the situation. And I can rewire my thoughts and I have the power to do this. And, um, and thank God, like this has become the new normal language in my house, you know, just in being able to really recognize that our power, our power of our thoughts, we can choose that. We can choose that. We have control over that type of thing. I love that. It's a hundred percent. I'm so blown away by, by, by what you said, because, you know, Sometimes people think oh, if I have to make a dramatic change in my life, I have to spend a lot of money. I have to move to a different place. I have to create this big up- upheaval. And it's not true without spending any money, without going anywhere, just being exactly where we are. We have the power just to go inside of our heads and rewire, as you're saying, instead of going down that negative road, the negative thought patterns, we could rewire and go to the positive thought patterns and rewrite our narrative. And when we rewrite our narrative to, to the positive, it really, really changes the way that we interact with other people. It's amazing. Yeah, it's very, very powerful. And I just, I, you know, I just started noticing, like, as I started to kind of go on this, on this road and just really in looking at the people that I felt were my mentors and who were successful, I always felt that there was this common, the common understanding. And I I always realized that there was the thread of 
this pattern of people who were just in control of those thoughts. I would sometimes get off conversations with people and over the pandemic, you know, I would still try to stay connected to people and try to try to call and try to text. And it was so crazy to see how many people were trapped in this negative thought pattern. Mm -hmm. Again, a lot of it was like a fear-based thought, but a lot of it was just like negative. It was just this negative pattern. And even sometimes I would create like Zoom calls with like groups of people or even even someone's family and just inevitably like the conversation would just be like, you know, the thoughts of all these people was just taking over. And I would literally have to be like, guys, can we can we just like shift this? Like maybe like, let's just change the energy. Like let's, you know, really try to reframe this. Look at this from a different perspective. Maybe we can just change up the whole thing. And by the time the conversation was over, instead of feeling this heaviness that we started the conversation with, it was a much lighter, much more exciting, much more sunshine, you know, in the conversation. And I think that every single person, you know, to anyone who's listening to this now and who feels like, I don't know, I'm just more wired to be negative. I just feel like that's just my natural go-to. I really, I really firmly believe Hashem gives the gift to every single person to be able to control their thoughts. It really, it really is, is something that when there's a will, there's a way. So I will say the first thing that has to be there is a desire. You know, there has to be that, that inner desire, like, you know what? What she's saying actually it makes a little bit of sense to me. Let me let me see. That is something I'm interested in. And once you have that desire, I really do believe that anybody can accomplish it. Um, it's hard. Sometimes people speak to me and they they'll say like, "You just seem like you seem like you're a, a very positive person." And actually, to be a hundred percent vulnerable, and my mother can attest to this. But in high school, I was actually not like that at all. I was constantly in the negative space, constantly the Debbie Downer constantly going to the what if, what if, what if, constantly like there could be a great, you know, event going on. And I was focusing on like, oh, shoot, why was that thing forgotten? You know, so I just feel that we can, we can change, we can morph. And if we pay attention to it, it is a very, it's very, very possible for us to, to rise above all of that. It's amazing. It really is. And you know, you mentioned something earlier. I just want to just, I guess, for my own personal edification, the, the boxes, the bat mitzvah boxes, where it was more brave, positive, and kind. I'm just so interested in that. Can you tell me a little bit about just what that looked like? Like maybe what was in the box and what were the girls, were, what were they supposed to do with what was in the box? Yes. It's something that I'm super passionate about and um, has really, thank God, we've had many, many, many girls. Um, come through the program. It started local and it really ended up reaching out because it was available to everybody. We got girls from all over the United States um, hopping on this. So the idea is each, every two weeks, they're going to be introduced to a new challenge. So the challenge is that we introduce a certain frame of mind, a certain mindset, and then a physical challenge that goes along with it to show them that they're capable of it. So um, for example, for being more uh, brave, they want to show us, first of all, they want to show us who they are. There is a certain amount of bravery that comes just inside. Oh, I didn't mention it's a WhatsApp community. Okay. So all the girls get added to a WhatsApp group and, um, it's very uncomfortable for some of the girls. They're with girls that they never met before. Some of them are by nature, they're more shy. And I'm suddenly asking them to 
use the box and to create their story on the box, put themselves out there, show us who they are. The first video that they do is extremely vulnerable where they have to share certain things. They're given a guideline of certain things that they should share about themselves. And I'm not going to lie, like some girls, it comes much more natural. If a girl is more outgoing, it's much more natural to them. But what I ask them all to do is like, stretch yourself a little bit. So if it's natural for you to be like, hey, I'm not alone. So share something with us that maybe you wouldn't necessarily share with everybody else, you know? So they do this challenge and then we have the most incredible ambassadors who cheer them on. There's gift cards going out and there's, you know, prizes and swag and lots of support from the internal system. Um, once they get through that challenge, it kind of goes, the, the challenges increase. So there are things like, um, for again, for Brave, they have to um, step into something that they want to be more of. You know, sometimes, again, speaking about thoughts, we limit ourselves. Yes. We create like self-limiting beliefs. I can't be that because X, Y, and Z. And what I want to show them is that when you have courage, when you can take ownership of being brave, you actually can accomplish a lot more than you think. Wow. And so we ask them to pull a theme of something that they want to be more of. Um, a lot of times the word actually is confidence. Um, some girls will write happier. They want to be more happy. Some girls will say that they want to be more organized. Some girls will say that they want to be harder, harder working. Some girls, like I, I have a whole list and every day they get a mirror marker in their box and they have to show that they are cheering themselves on for that thing. So they are marking themselves, believing themselves, telling themselves that they are more of that thing. And they have a, a, a post-it note pad that they can post you know, post-it notes themselves. And in addition to them cheering themselves on, of course, they also have the backing of the group. We're watching them, but they're posting their, they're posting their posts. They're posting how they're, they're doing this. And then at the very end of two weeks, they actually get a, a bracelet that they get to make. They get the beads in the box and they take the word that they've been working towards for two weeks and they own it. They make themselves the bracelet. So if they were working on being more organized, they write organized. If they were working on being more timely, they write timely. Some of the girls wanted to be better at like waking up early or being more motivated. Some girls wanted to eat healthy. Like it just depended on what they were working on. But what I can tell you is that all across the board, they stretched, you know, they stretched. And I think that again, it just goes back to showing the power of our minds, the power of our thoughts. When there's a will, there is a way. And then the wow. challenges grew from there. They grew from there. You know, we spoke a lot about how our physical, physical things that we do affect our internal. And we have like new mood, new you, different challenges with different things that we ate and how our actions worked and what the kinds of things we did. We learned how to rewire. We did certain um, exercises with they had to write certain narratives that they were telling themselves about something, literally shred it up and rewrite their new narrative and share it with us. Um, so they literally would learn how to rewire a script and then kindness took on a whole new meaning. It was kind of amazing, but we learned all about, uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the Ted talk about lollipop moments, um, mm -hmm. but there's a great Ted talk just about how we have the ability to constantly be that person who can be, who can create a moment for someone else that can cause a lot of growth in their lives. We can constantly be that. And we might not even have acknowledged that someone else has done that for us. So the idea of like, be that person, be someone else's cheerleader, but also if someone has been your cheerleader, 
acknowledge it. Acknowledge it so they get stationary and they get to write letters to other people and they get to acknowledge both, on both ends. Um, yeah, and so, and then we end with a great challah bake and they have to give their challah to someone else who needs it. And so it's just the, the energy of understanding what we're putting into our dough and what it means to be kind and they get to wrap it up beautifully. And, and all of this whole interaction is done you know, on WhatsApp and on, we have Zoom parties. And what I will say at the very end, when it wasn't like in the middle of the height of like Omicron or something like that, we did have a few in-person gatherings and we do something magnificent. We do a butterfly release and each wow. girl gets a little, a little pocket with a little, you hear a little flip flap inside of that little envelope. And they understand that the 90 days that they just spent embarking on this journey it hasn't created a final product. They're still going and they're growing and they're stepping into it, but their mindset has shifted. Their, their wings are now attached to their shoulders to allow them to fly. And each girl with a little prayer on her lips opens up her envelope and she releases her little uh, butterfly into the world. And it's very powerful for me. Like I said, I'm the person who gains the most from this entire thing, but it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful way to see that the girls have, are really, you know, they're spreading their wings and they're soaring. That's incredible. I'm so blown away by this. This is amazing. Wow. <laughs> it's a Thank fantastic you. program. Yeah. Baruch Hashem. It's really, it's, it's quite, uh, as you can probably hear, I'm very passionate about it. But like I said, it just really, really, it, it just reinforced this idea of we have control. Exactly. Exactly. And so speaking of the control and the power of our thoughts, um, can you please share with us some examples from your own life where you started off maybe in a negative thought pattern and then you changed your thinking, which led to a far more favorable outcome than if you had continued down that negative train of thought? Yeah, everything. <laughs> everything in my life. Um, there have been moments where I have had to embark on, you know, trips that I really did not feel like going on or um, meeting with people that I really felt like, Ugh, what is this going to be? What am I really going to gain from this meeting? Or even to hosting people for Shabbos that I'm like, oh, you know, what is this going to look like? And I was able to rewire my thoughts and really get into a space of not only like being so pleasantly surprised with how the outcome came, but almost like, because I would rewire my thoughts and I would, I would say, you know what, let's, let's flip this. So pleased, you know, so feeling so empowered by how it went. So I want to add a piece over here, because I think that in addition to just being able to rewire our thoughts, there's another piece. I think step one is acknowledging our thoughts noticing that they're there and saying, okay, I need a shift. I need a shift with my thoughts. The second part is this, this vision, this, this part of thinking and envisioning, like, what do I want the end result to look like? And I don't need, you don't need to think about this on such a grand scale. This doesn't need to think like 10 years down the line. I want, you could be talking about from one morning to the next hour. You could be going into a certain conference that you're dreading. But when you think like, how do I want to come out of this at the end and play that narrative out in your head? I want to feel empowered. I want to feel fueled. I want to feel energized. I want to feel positive. I don't want to feel drained. I am going to feel great when I walk out of this and just really create that vision of what it's going to look like. I mean, I can't say a hundred percent because that would be like, you know, it's not, but I would say like for sure 90% of the time 
when you can really set that intention and let your thoughts rewire and let your thoughts like play that out for you, it's one of the most powerful things. Amazing. Amazing. Wow. So I, I also, I just want to say, and you know, people, people meet me all the time. I do a lot of um, public speaking and um, people tell me if, you know, ha, ha, like, how do you do that? How do you do that? Wait, I don't understand. Like, where does that confidence come from? And how do you um, not use so many notes? It's not always true. Many times I do use notes, but when I get these kind of statements, I literally laugh at them. I'm like, you are so funny. First of all, first of all, have you watched my journey? Have you watched me over the last, you know, 15 years of my, of my speaking? Because it is a journey. Uh, but one very powerful thing um, that, I, that I did in the very beginning of any of my public speaking, any of it. Um, and I remember like when I, even when I was running, you know, the Asia Torah branch of Greater Washington and we would run these uh, beautiful fundraising events and even they were all for women and I would have to MC and be the main speaker. I would like shake in my pants and I'd be so nervous. But I will say, that for days leading up to those events, there was a certain thought process that went into it. There was a very intentional, like, what is it going to look like? How am I going to feel? I'm envisioning that the words are going to fly off my lips very, you know, just easily with grace. I mean, everything with a prayer to Hashem that he should allow the words to flow, but just a certain amount of, yeah, it is thoughtfulness. There is intention that goes into it. And the truth is that this is really life. I mean, Hashem wants us to have Havana. Hashem wants us to have intention, right? And intention can mean like I'm being very intentional about the actions that I'm taking right now. And intentional can be also a step before that in thinking about how do I want everything to play out from here on in. That's, that's beautiful. I love that. I love that setting the intention and just going with that vision and really I feel like when you can see something, you can almost taste it. It's almost there. Like you're only, you're one step away from it and you're really, really going in that direction. So that is so, so powerful. And so um, I guess up until now, we've been talking about how our thoughts can change us, how we can change our our lives using our thoughts. But now I have a question about how can changing the power of our own personal thoughts actually have a positive effect, not only on us, but actually on those around us, including our husbands and our kids. Cause that's really, that's really who the people we're thinking of that. Those are the people that we influence. Okay. Beautiful. So this brings us into the next realm, right? There's so many levels and layers of the power of our thoughts. Yes. So this idea, I think starts from the premise of understanding that we can't control anybody else except for ourselves. And what I find is that when we can actually take control of ourselves, and I'm not saying I'm successful all the time, trust me, I fail plenty of times, but when I'm successful, the times that I actually can properly control my thoughts and can properly control myself, um, the other people around me can benefit from it tremendously. Even to the extent, and this is something so huge, even to the extent of if you're, if I'm struggling with a certain child, or even if I'm struggling with something with my husband, going into my thoughts and just thinking of all of the positive thoughts about this individual, of all of the beautiful things that I see within this individual, going in with gratitude instead of really focusing on all the nitty gritties that I could choose to pull apart, really, really going into my thoughts and just almost like meditating on it and understanding, like, look at this beautiful 
spark of Hashem. Look at this beautiful other person who happens to be a gift in my life. And just really, really focusing on that, I think can, can transform the situation. So how does it have an impact on them? So there's, there's really a few different ways. Number one is where my thoughts are, that's where I'm at. So if I am at a good place, I think that's actually a line from Rabbi Nachman, if I'm not, if I'm, if I'm quoting correctly, uh, that where my thoughts are, that's where I'm at. So if I am thinking about, you know, if, if I'm feeling in a good place, that's where I'm at, that energy comes out around me. I mean, everybody in a second can, can, can pick up on that. I, I often tell people like, and you think that he didn't realize that you felt that way? Like, of of course he realized that you felt that way. He might not have had the words to say exactly what you felt, but when you're thinking in a certain way, the people around you know, the people around you can feel it. They know when you're frustrated. They know when you're feeling resentful. They know it. So being able to rewire the thoughts there and just being able to be in a good place, the energy that we release really does shift, right? When we're at a dinner table and the whole family is there and we feel, um, you know, inside of us, our thoughts are thinking like, oh, you know, frustration or a little bit of resentment about something like that can come out and it can affect, it can affect the mood, it can affect the people, it can affect everything. So I think that's number one and just understanding like, don't underestimate the power of your thoughts. Like they do, they have energy and they do, they do change the, the reality of what's around us. And then that the next layer to that really is that I guess more with, let's say within a struggle. And this, this is with either a child, a friend, a parent, any, anybody who you're dealing with, um, really, really using your thoughts to just hone in on the good, hone in on the good. It is something I think Hashem has given us the gift that we have the ability to make a difference just by thinking such wonderful, beautiful thoughts. I recently heard a very powerful story and I hope I'm gonna give over these details correctly, but it was about um, a certain town where a, a, a certain halacha came out, a certain law was decided that the animal was not kosher. It was not shechted in a certain way. And for whatever the butcher, I. I Pardon if this is not 100% correct, but I think the messaging of the story will, will definitely make its impact. The butcher got very, very, very angry at this rug. And this butcher had a reputation of being a little bit of a, a scary person and maybe a little bit feisty and maybe a little bit of a, uh, you know, maybe wouldn't want to find yourself alone in a room with him and his uh, slaughtering knife, if you know what I mean. And um, it came to a point that he was very, very angry about this this halacha, this new law that was that came out, and that 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 was the uh, decision that that animal cannot be used. And this rabbi had to go, and he had to be with him in the room, and he was feeling very very scared because he knew that if he's going to be in the room with this angry butcher, it meant his life was going to be over. He didn't stand a chance to actually change this rabbi, this butcher's mind, or to ch- like anything about the circumstance. And so he sat in this small room. You could just envision this, this angry butcher with his knife. He could, I mean, the guy was so strong, he could, probably could have even just choked him with his own hands. But um, he's there with this, with, this rab, with this rabbi. And the rabbi just sits down and he says, the only thing I have control over right now are my thoughts. I can't say anything to him that's going to make a difference. I can't, I can't do anything. So let me just sit here. 
And he started to just think very strong, powerful thoughts about this other human. He has a spark of Hashem. He has so much good living inside of him. He might've gotten covered over with that. He's feeling hurt. He's feeling threatened. He's feeling scared, but he's so good. And all these thoughts, all these thoughts, all these thoughts, and he's just sitting there like I said before, almost like in a meditative state. And he's letting it come over him, come over him. And when he opens up his eyes, he sees the butcher there crying. He's just shedding tears and he's crying. And he actually asks the rabbi for mechila, for forgiveness. And through his thoughts, I think it's such a powerful story because through the only thing he changed, the only thing he did was just thinking. But again, a certain energy was released And the actual relationship completely turned around. So when we find ourselves in circumstances with difficulties or frustrations, which are part of life, right? They're like, they're part of life. We're going to get into those types of situations within our, with a husband, with our children, with our friends and our parents, those situations are going to come. And the question is just, how can I, just look for the good over here. Because if I could just find the good, some of the, the, the tension, some of that buildup is just, it can release, it can remove the layers, it can shed. That's incredible. And it's so powerful. And you're right. It, you know, when we think we create a certain energy, and that's really at the end of the day what it is, the power of our thoughts creates energy, whether it's energy for the good or energy for the bad. And the energy for the good has such power to transform. It's, it's amazing. People pay so much money just to get these, you know, quick fixes in their lives. They never work, but this is something that's completely free. It's in your head. You can control it anytime, anywhere. And if you're thinking about the good in another person, and if you're thinking, you know, what good things could possibly happen in this situation, rewriting your narrative. And really, really, as you mentioned in the story, just focusing that positive energy, you could have such tremendous positive outcomes. It's just, it's incredible. It's mind boggling. And yeah, I think, I mean, it's a scientific fact, you know, that, that thoughts do create energy. There's, I don't know if you've ever been to any of those science museums with your kids, like they actually have, like you strap the thing on your head and the one that's feeling more calm, the ball will actually roll towards you just from like a feeling, like from the vibration, the thoughts in your head, the ball will actually roll more towards you, which means that the place where your energy is at over here. It, it actually is energy, like it's being released, it's coming out. And so a person can say, and oftentimes children will say like, ah, like, what does that, you know, what does that even mean? You know, like, what are you saying? You know, my kids already, like, this is already, like I said, it's part of a language in our house that we just know. Um, but it really is our thoughts create energy and that energy it's, it's picked up in many different ways. Beautiful, beautiful. And speaking of having a positive effect on the people around us, I want to bring up the topic of loving others the way that we love ourselves. So in Judaism, there's a concept called the Havas Yisrael, which means actually loving others the way that you would love yourself. And there are many people in our lives, honestly, that are super easy to love. You know, the kid who's always happy and smiling, our friend who gave us a perfect gift for our birthdays. And then honestly, there are some of the other people in our lives who are harder to love. Maybe it's a coworker with a different personality or a family member who has to have everything just so. And these people can be challenging and they don't naturally elicit our love. So I want to see if you could please talk to us about how we can learn to love others, love all others the way that we love ourselves, especially those challenging people. Okay, so I think we have to take it a step back because I think that we say it as like, 
love others as you love yourself. But unfortunately, I don't find that everybody even loves themselves. Right. So I think that the first step that we need to talk about, and again, it does stem from where our thoughts are at. I think we need to recognize what it even means to love ourselves. I think that in today's society, you know, H&M just put out like a really cute sweatshirt. It was like the self-care club. And like, first I added it to my shopping cart because I was like, oh, this seems to like really like, yeah, I'll wear a sweatshirt that says the self-care club. You know, I'm part of the self-care club. And then I stopped and I deleted it from my cart because I realized that I think that what society, you know, shows to be self-care is not necessarily what I think really is self-care. When we really love ourselves, it doesn't mean going and, you know, grabbing the next massage or going to get the next manicure or going to indulge in whatever delicious, you know, ice cream flavor that you want. I don't necessarily think that that's self-care. Um, I think that when we think about what when we love ourselves, it means I love myself as a whole, which means that I accept myself who I am, with my flaws, with all the things that are part of who I am. I'm not perfect. I am a work in progress. And I love myself for that. And self-care means giving ourselves the space and the place and the ability to say, I'm trying. I might have messed up. I'm going to put one step forward tomorrow and get back up again and continue trying. That's self-care. And also realizing that certain things that we're doing anyways on a daily basis, we could be infusing with a little bit more self-care by just thinking about, I do love myself. I do love myself. When we're going to be, you know, whatever it is, drinking the water, having a cup of coffee, you know, going for a walk, connecting with a friend, listening to a great podcast and Vera's podcasts are great. They are so wonderful. Such a great pick me up, but whatever it is, if it's something you're doing, think about it for a second. Think to yourself again, think thoughts. I am fueling myself because I love myself because I care about myself. That self-care, understanding that I'm a soul, that Hashem is investing in me. How am I caring for myself? So I think the first step to even thinking about loving other people is asking ourselves, do I actually love myself? Do I really care for myself the way that I should be caring for myself? Am I too hard on myself? You know, I think that that's the first piece and there's much to be said about that. But I think just to, you know, mention it and then brush over it. I think that's the first thing that needs to be thought of ourselves. If we are not caring for ourselves, it's very, very hard to care for others. And again, it doesn't mean indulgence. That's not what I mean by self-care. Right. Um, it means, do I have the right emotional support that I need? Do I have the people that I can speak to when I need that? Because I love myself and I care about myself. Do I have wisdom that I can fill myself up with or spirituality? Do I have my pocket of, I think Slavi Wolf calls it um, her pockets of peace, you know? Like, do I have those pockets that I could go into? My little spirituality, my physicality. Like, I know for me, I've I really turn to running, like running is a big piece. And it's, it is my self-care because I realize that it spills over to so many aspects of my life that like, yeah, running is really important to me. It really has become, it's, it's what clears my mind and gives me the adrenaline and just, it really does. It fuels me. So having the spirituality, having the physical things that we're doing and having that emotional piece that we're having. So that's step number one, to make sure that we're actually loving ourselves and fueling ourselves in a way that actually mirrors proper love. That's number one. After we know that that's in place, the question is, how can we love others? So again, and by the way, the reason that I feel that that piece needs to be so much in place is because kamayim hapanim alpanim. 
that we reflect, we are a reflection of whatever we see, which means that if I don't love myself, then how can I love you, Vera? If I'm supposed to love you, if I don't love myself, how am I supposed to mirror that to somebody else? Exactly. And that is a lot. I mean, that should really like, this is the first time you're hearing this, right? Like that should really be something to think about because it's, you know, Rabbi Akiva, I mean, this is like the biggest rule of the Torah. Just love your neighbor like you love yourself. And now in today's world, we really have to stop and say, hold on, do I love myself? Once you can establish that you do love yourself, then you can establish if I love myself, then I'm looking at something that mirrors me, right? Like I love myself. Now I'm looking at you and I want that to be a mirror of what I am seeing in myself. I love myself. Now I'm going to see you in that same light. And again, when we look at everybody, starting over here, but we see them as a spark of Hashem. We see them as a soul. It might sound a little weird. It might sound a little lofty, but I actually mean it just that simply. Souls, beautiful, pure nishamot that Hashem created, that Hashem has gifted the world with these souls and I have the ability to show love to this other soul what a gift what a gift sometimes the more difficult souls (laughs) the more difficult people right not necessarily difficult souls but the more difficult people that we come in in contact with actually have so much light they have such shining souls that they're being covered up with many layers. And so we, as a human, we see them covered by the layers. And we don't realize that sometimes the most sparkling things need to be covered, right? Yeah. Oftentimes the most beautiful things need to be covered. And so there are layers that are covering up those beautiful, beautiful souls, those beautiful, beautiful humans. And when we can look at them as, hold on, a little difficulty, I got this. I got this because this is a more beautiful soul. And if I have the ability to just try to peel away a little layer, just to expose a little bit more of their greatness, a little bit kindness, a little bit more love, a bit of an extra smile, an extra kind word, infuse, 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 Sometimes you'll see that that infusion can peel off a layer. And don't take it so personally. It's very easy. I mean, I'm, I'm one to speak. I actually, I do take things <clears throat> very personally, but no. But like, yeah, it's hard. Meaning like when we put, when we open ourselves up to that and we say like, okay, like I'm going to be in for this. Like I'm going to, I'm going to cover it. I'm going to, I'm going to try to uncover by just killing it with kindness or whatever it is and try to infuse it, and then it comes back like very strong in our face, it's hard to not take it personally. But really, we don't have to. It's not really about us. It's just about sometimes a lot of pain that that other person is going through. And every single person has that spark. Every single person has that spark. And uh, sometimes you might need to work a little bit harder. We might need to work a little bit harder. But it really, we have that ability to be able to lift those layers and to find those sparks, to really, really search. Um, and I think that when we can, when we can view another person like that, 
we can we can really allow ourselves to enter into that space. You know, sometimes the uh, <laughs> the classic story that I like to use with this, I mean, take it or leave it, you know. But I find that sometimes in like the um, post offices um, or like in the MBA offices, like sometimes the people that we're dealing with can be a little bit more challenging. And these are not people that we have to deal with on a daily basis, but I think this is a great muscle. It's a great parable just for, you know, in certain interactions. It happens to be, I will say, the MBA, thank you that COVID has revamped because it is incredible to see their system now. And you know what? Everyone's a whole lot more pleasant at the MBA because there's no crazy lines and it's so systematic now. You go in, you say your kind word, you do your thing, you're out. <laughs> it's a pleasure. But anyways, I will say, so through this metamorphosis program and shipping out all my boxes, I became very acquainted with the post office. <laughs> yes. yes, I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, it was a very, and, and I realized that the first day that I walked in, like I'm either, I'm either embracing these people or this is not going to be very pleasant because you know, there's a certain, if, if you know, you know, there's just a certain toughness, there's a certain, you know, and I just said to myself, like, I'm going to have to be here. Like I have got to make this into a positive experience and you just come in. I mean, this is me. I just come in. I already start my mind work in the car. So it's already like getting myself into like, okay, let me get into a positive setting, put the smile on my face. Um, and just, connect with this other person as another human. How, how are you doing? I really like your mask. How are you finding the weather today? Has it been a really busy day? You work so hard. Thank you so much for all that you do. It cannot be easy. And after three years, these people have become friends. You know, I mean, I'm not saying like I'm texting them. I don't have a texting relationship with these people, <laughs> but I can have full conversations with them. If you would have told me three years ago that I would actually have a normal conversation with some of these people, I would have said, I don't think there's a way. And now they're telling me about their life. They're telling me about things that are going on. I'm like, look at that. So you can, we can pull away layers. We can, we have the ability and it's much easier to put the blame on other people. But really, and I'm, and, and oftentimes I'm like, oh, swallow your own medicines, Laura, you know, like just swallow it up. Like I have to remind myself of this, but every time that I remember, like I can control this, I got this, this is in my court and I swallow my, I swallow that. The results are, are pretty amazing. Wow. 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 It's incredible. I learned so much. It's been such a wonderful conversation, like so engaging, so educational, so informative. Thank you. Thank you so much, Robinson Tabora, for joining us on America's Top Robinsons. We really, really enjoyed having you here. And may all the learning we did today be for Rafu Shalema, for Eliezer Raphael Benamuna, Igor Benrima, and also for Angelica Batluba. Thank you. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you.